The Money Show. Other people's money. I love this feature. Other people's money. You see, you get to, you, you, you get to dream about their money. You get to talk about their money. You get to pry into their lives. Well, tonight, our guest is fashion designer Rich Nisi in Other People's Money. Uh, born in Johannesburg, Rich is a young designer with a heart for the world of pop culture, graduated with a BA in fashion design and business management. He founded his own brand called Oath Studio in 2014. In the same year, he gained the title of the African Fashion International Young Designer at the Mercedes-Benz Fashion Week in Africa. Rich, I've given you half an introduction. Good evening and welcome to The Money Show. Thank you. Thank you. I'm said- happy to be here. Also, we rebranded to Rich Nisi in 2015. So oh. it was, um, Oath was almost like a, a passion project. <laughs> okay. What, what about Oath? Why Oath? Where does it even come from? Uh, it was just a promise to my sister, and that's why the the passion project was created. But as it was more for research into the market and um, understanding whether I wanted to be in the industry. Um, and once I got all that information, I decided to rebrand to Rich and Nisi, and that's a brand now. Okay, very nice, very nice. Okay, now, talking fashion tonight and other people's money, I want to start right from the beginning. Who is Rich Nisi? Who are you? The person of the brand. So Rich Nisi is a contemporary um, fashion brand, a multidisciplinary brand, so we also uh, make furniture as well. Um, The brand was founded in 2015. And yeah, uh, we just challenge um gender gender norms and also just cultural identity and explore the treasures of africa and my heritage love it now why fashion is it something that you've always wanted to do yeah i i grew up around ladies that knew how to dress my mother was a fashion killer my sister as well and i think growing up around that environment just made me want to create and just add to that world and like see it more colorful and just like from my own perspective so it be, it was a natural thing for me to be honest did anybody ever say to you rich you can't make money out of this it's fashion don't do it my mother my in my whole family actually um i had to motivate i had to cry and tell them that like i would make this work i promised them that i would make it work and yeah i think I think that's why I became so like consistent and persistent in like making, you know, the fashion um, part work. And I think, you know, when people look at it from the outside, they think, you know, it's just fashion, it's glamorous. There's so much that goes into it. It's like any other business. And also fashion offers so many opportunities. There's marketing, there's PR, there's so many things that you can do within the space. Um, So, yeah, I think... Mm -hmm. You know, once convincing my family, they understood. Uh, but my mother only bought into it once I started my brand. <laughs> oh, really? And then you got the support afterwards. Because you also have a lot of, but now you can make something for me. Right. Yeah, no, my mother was just, I think once she started seeing like, when she started seeing all like the orders come in and like all the, opportunities she also gave in and she also started sewing with me she used to sew buttons and like you know design with me it was such a beautiful like the beginning of the brand was so beautiful because it was it was like a mother-son um you know relationship which was nice 
Yeah. Take us through from the beginning. Where did you study? And I said you qualified, you got a BA. I actually didn't know this, that you can get a BA in fashion. I only sort of learned about this recently. Yes, um, I studied at Lysoff um, in Johannesburg. It was a three-year course, and I studied fashion, design, business management, and photography. So I just wanted to be well-rounded and just understand like the visual aspects and also the business aspects of starting a fashion brand. Right, a fashion brand. It's a business. This is other people's money. So you, 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 you finished studying, you qualified, and then did you say to yourself, okay, I tell you what, I'm going to start my own company. Take us from there. So immediately after, I decided to enter a competition um, called AFI Fast Track, and there I ended up winning the competition. But there was so much media coverage that like, I felt the need to start the brand. I wasn't ready to start the brand, to be honest. But it was just like, I was like, I can't leave all this attention hanging. <laughs> <laughs> and I started the brand very prematurely. It's something that I, in hindsight, I shouldn't have done and I wouldn't do. Um, so I started the brand and luckily it was still Oath at the time. So with Oath, I didn't have like, a crazy like commitment to it um only when i rebranded that's when everything had to you know come mm-hmm. together and it had to become a business and i had to lay the foundation and think about how things would work um but yeah it was literally off graduate graduating and then entering a competition and then starting a business would which you I wasn't ready for would you say which you weren't ready for will you say maybe that that competition just pushed you into it anyway do you have regrets though of perhaps going to fast then yeah no definitely i think there's so much there's so many beautiful things that you can learn from other people um if i had like intern and work for other people especially because i did intern while i was in school but i think it's different when you do it full-time because you you get to see everything as it moves um but you get to learn a lot of things like you know taxes and you know accounting and all these other things that like you never think about you know at first you just think i have to make a dress and sell it to someone but like there's so many things that go into it and it would have been nice to learn it from someone else so when starting the brand just off graduating it was i had to learn all these things myself and i'd have to make a big mistake and stand up from it the next day so it was a really challenging thing for me as well emotionally um but yeah luckily i had a great support system so i could you know get through it um Mm. a little easier yeah at what point, Rich, did you think to yourself i'm actually making it i'm actually doing this thing (laughs) and did you start celebrating uh, every day when like <laughs> when I realize I can still do what I love to do, because um, I know like it's such a blessing and uh, we're very lucky to be able to do what we do every single day. I think every day, I think I rejoice every single day because it's a hard industry to be in and to function the way that we do, um, especially with like the brand is so like in its looseness there's so much rigidity in the sense that like we want to do things in a certain way and that cuts off so many streams of income um and being able to be to do that every single day is a blessing so yeah is it quite cutthroat and bitchy because you know you you watch movies like the devil wears prada and you think to yourself oh my gosh these people are awful 
half and half actually yeah i think so i think it is i think it is i think that's why even um that's why i wanted to almost create a community of like people the people that we work with our suppliers like we just live in a little bubble and we just hold each other and support each other um because once you get into like the fashion industry and like you know there's bitchy people and it yeah it does get quite intense (laughs) um but yeah we tend to stay away from it and focus on what we want to create in our customer as well I like that. Our guest tonight in other people's money is fashion designer Rich Mnisi. Maybe you have a, uh, a question for Rich, 11 or 021-446-0567. Rich, we're going to take a break for a little bit, but then we're going to come back and talk about your favorite collection. The Money Show. Other people's money. 14 minutes to 8 o'clock, and our guest tonight is fashion designer Rich Mnisi. It's actually lovely chatting to you tonight, Rich. I don't speak to too many fashion designers, I must tell you. <laughs> no, I'm glad. Now, your favorite collection. In fact, there's an SMS here. Somebody wants to know, what is your favorite collection? Tell us. Favorite collection? That is hard. They're all my children. I have to love them all. <laughs> <laughs> I have to. <laughs> but there's got to be that one that sits in the corner and you think, mm, remember when I made you? Remember what, what I saw when it was paraded for me? There's got to be that one. You know, it's always the last collection created because I think like every season, we just try to top the last one. Um, so it's always the last collection. Guama was the last collection we created and was inspired by my mother's nightmare. And it was a very special collection because it was, it was created from my mother's fear. And I was just trying to make that something beautiful for her to think about as well. So yeah, I think Guama is a special collection. And our recent capsule that we released, um, our Pride collection, um, which was dedicated to um, the LGBTQIA plus community and also to allyship. Uh, we were just we just wanted to create a collection that calls out allies to be allies and to be loud about it and proud mm. and to speak p- to their family and friends and just educate people about our community. And yeah, it, I guess those collections are close to me right now. That's very interesting. You you spoke about your mother's fear. What exactly was that? You don't so have to my say. grandfather <laughs> gave... No, 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 it's fine. <laughs> hmm. So my grandfather gave us all a fear of like snakes. Um, so my mother can't, like, wouldn't be able to look at a snake on TV, scales, all those things. It was such a weird thing. And so she dreamt of a snake, but she, in this dream, she dreamt of how scared she was, but also how beautiful that snake was. And I think that spoke to just the duality of life and how so many beautiful things can come out of discomfort. Um, so it's something that I wanted to explore and I think also like deal with the fear for yeah. myself and my family. So we literally had to like, you know, address it and look at it properly. And I think now it's something that like has worn off, which was, uh, it was a interesting exercise as well, because, you know, you think about it as like something so simple, but like, I think fear is something that can hinder you from, you know, looking at life from a different way or just experience the beauty of life. And in this case, it was snakes for us. (laughs) (laughs) The beauty of life. I like that. I do. Some of the other SMSs. One says, uh, where do you get your inspiration from? 
Um, mostly from my family. Um, yeah, I, I think I just grew up around a lot of colorful people and I'm Zonga and our tribe is very colorful. The proportions we use, the colors, the textures, it's very bold. Um, so like there's so much to draw from. So definitely from uh, my family and my tribe. Okay, that sounds good. Another one that actually says as well, in fact, I read up on this, the unique heritage stories from Africa. It seems to have been one of your themes, unique heritage stories. Do you tell stories through fashion? Through fashion? Yes, I think, yeah, I think fashion is such a great storyteller. I think you can tell so much about the way people dress. Um, so it is something that we focus on as well when we create our collections. And for me, I always create from a place of like experience and what I know. Um, so like drawing from my heritage is such a simple thing. And also I think the, but, but Songa. Yeah. That's Songa. The Batsonga, the Batsonga tribe is very, um, I think it was, it's been sidelined and people haven't like looked at the beauty of it. And, and that's why I just feel the need to celebrate it and just to, like expose people to the beauty of it. I like that. I think that's lovely. Now, do you cater for um, people from overseas? Do they approach you? Do they fly in and they go, Rich, you know, I'd like you to do a nice collection for me. How do you actually operate? They order online. <laughs> we have an e-commerce store. Um, it ships world, worldwide. So, it's yeah, we we don't do a lot of customs. So, Everything is online. People just buy there and it's that simple. Okay. We simplified everything. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> do you feel as well? I mean, a lot of people say this. I would like to do what's called haute couture or something like that, where you go for the absolute wow. But a lot of other people say, listen, if you want to make money, it's in fast fashion. End of story. So go and make the stuff that people can afford and people can just sort of buy off you. Do you get frustrated with something like that? Um. Yeah, definitely. I think it just, I don't know. I, it just shifts the way people think about fashion and it, it, it makes it a little complicated for us creators, especially like even for us, our lead times on our online store aren't like we don't deliver the next day. Um, and it depends what it is, but we don't deliver the next day. So everything is like almost like made to order and it's a slower process. And I think it's this training. Um, the consumer to like be patient about the fashion because it's not fast fashion and it's made ethically so everything is much slower um so when the fast fashion narrative comes up it does you know mm. give us anxiety because it just shifts the way you work and i don't know it might compromise a lot of things from quality and to the quality of the work environment as well um that we create because I always wanted to create a very healthy work environment for myself and the staff because I just, yeah, I think I've seen what what working in a very hostile environment can do. I think it just takes away from the beauty and the quality of the, the garments. So it's very mm -hmm. important for us to work in a harmonious and calm way. So, yeah, it's something that reinforces well. How has COVID-19 affected you? Have you had to scale back? Have you had to scale down? What has happened? So, that way it's sort because COVID did two things. That, yeah, we had to work. We had to be very careful about how we work. Um, 
but it also op- opened up the opportunity of like just engaging with our market locally um, because when the brand was founded, we were just international facing. I, 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 yeah, there was little interest to local, um, but then when COVID hit, everything had to be localized. We had to engage with our consumer locally and we needed to look at what people need and 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 so it was a beautiful thing because there was so much opportunity here um and also just working with local suppliers is just so amazing and you just get to see like how talented people are and like the the little things that we can make um and i think it just became now our mission to like just expose um the world to you know, the manufacturing skills that we have here, because I mean, internationally, no one will think of South Africa as a manufacturing hub. Um, and it even compromises. I remember I was filling in a form um, to do an international fashion show and they asked me where production, where our production is made and you had to name the capitals. It could never be South Africa. Yeah. And after filling in South Africa, they, a representative called me and said, are you sure? <laughs> like, because <laughs> this doesn't stand as luxury for us. Oh, wow. And I think it just, yeah, so it just shifted things for us and, you know, it made us very intentional about making sure that our artisans and like our suppliers are known for the amazing work that they do. Yeah, I, I, I think it's great. I really do. You spoke about Lysoff. Are there quite a few fashion schools out there that cater for youngsters who want to do fashion, that they can do a degree or a diploma and then they become something else afterwards? Yes, there are. Like, there's tons. There's um, UJ, um, there's Spiro. There's, the, yeah, there's a there's a few in South Africa, and like they're just great. I think um, if you want to become a fashion designer, it's amazing to study fashion because you, it just helps you refine your eye. Um, it doesn't necessarily mean that you can't do it without studying, but it does refine your eye a bit. Uh, but if you want to do other things within fashion. It's also always good to study it like holistically. So if you want to do fashion um, marketing, you can just study marketing. And, you know, okay. it, it's always good to know other information and how like it works for, I mean, selling a phone, you know, mm. and then you can apply that to selling a T-shirt. It's always good to like just have as much knowledge as possible. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. What, you, what advice do you have for youngsters who are perhaps studying, studying at the Lysofts uh, of the world? What advice do you have for them coming out of fashion school, wanting to break into the, the, the fashion industry? <clears throat> what would you say to them? Take your time. <laughs> Take your time, learn from other people, um, work for other people, no matter how exhausting or frustrating it is. Um, just, it's very good to see other businesses, how they function, the good things that they do and their failures. It's just so amazing because by the time you start your own, uh, label, like all those things are informed by things that you've experienced. So I'd say take your time and learn as much as you can from other people. And once you start, be consistent and persistent about the things that you want to create. Uh, no matter how much discomfort it might have for the consumer or yourself, because you're starting something new, so it might be uncomfortable for everyone. Right, final question. This is other people's money. Talking about money, talking about your career, was it worth it? Yes, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> definitely. I think also the amazing thing is 
the internet happened, which is a great thing. Um, it just, yeah, it took off the glass ceiling as well because I think there's no, fashion used to have gatekeepers. Now there's no gatekeeper. There's just the internet. So you can break into the industry seamlessly. Oh, I like that. Rich Mnisi, fashion designer. All the best for the future. And just one last question. What's your new collection? When's it coming out? In September. Lovely. Um, yeah. <laughs> and where can we see it? It'll be on our Instagram, rich underscore Mnisi, uh, and probably on our website, but during September. So just... Look out on our social media and there'll be more information there. Lovely. Going to do just that. Fashion designer Rich Nisi, thank you so much for coming on to The Money Show.